Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. Hey, welcome to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. We're with your Middle Age Warriors. He's Chris. Say hello. Hello. I'm Rick. Is that good? Say, say hello. Hello. Yeah, that was really good. I like the way you and, respond uh, to yourself. Yeah. Welcome to show number, what did you say, 69? This is show number 69. Yeah, believe it or not. Sure. No, no corny jokes here. This is show number 69. I was going to say 69 Mets. That's true. Yin yang and all that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. How are you? I am well. Uh, been busy, but I'm good. How are you doing these days? Uh, hanging in there. A couple of bumps and bruises. Uh, like but, to do that. you know, that's almost like a form of entertainment these days for you. I'm really, it's, it's keeping me uh, busy with all my Medicare paperwork. That's for sure. Oh, please. Hey, do your Facebook has a new name? Yeah. So what, what is this all about? It's called Meta, M-E-T-A. And, you know, we were talking about how, okay, it's a, it's a Greek term, right? I mean, that much I know, right. but. I don't like the meaning of meta is 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 what I I don't understand. No, no, nobody nobody seems to know. Meta beta potato. Well, it's it says something. It says referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre, self-referential. So then I have to look those things up. And <laughs> yeah, really. It just I don't know what it, it's supposed to be showing uh, or suggesting awareness of of oneself. So maybe Whatever. Facebook, maybe, I don't know. There was some kind of connection to that. What am I? Underwhelmed indeed. Uh, are you watching any of the World Series? Underwhelmed by that as well. I'm, <laughs> I watched, I did watch a little bit of it. Uh, both, both games have not been like nail biters or anything yeah. amazing happening. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's an all Southern, no offense to the folks in the South, but it's really an all Southern World Series. Yeah, it really and, is. And these are not two of my favorite teams. Obviously, being a Met fan, I'm not. And Atlanta Brave fan and right the Astros after that whole cheating thing of a wild yeah and whatever I'm not a big fan there either so well we're gonna get a new mayor in New York City next week I think you'll hear a resounding cheer from many people not necessarily yeah. everyone but it's been a little rough on the De Blasio on the way out here not to say the yeah. least yeah <laughs> I think the Sanford Townsend band said it best in Smoke from a Distant Fire a song from 1979 I believe. Don't let the screen door hit you on the way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, it is what it is. In this case, the screen door. Oh, we've got a great guest coming up today. You know that? Yes, I'm kind of excited about it. Now, you know, we have to tell folks, we, you, you have a longstanding, and Valerie, a longstanding friendship with this woman. I've met her a couple of times uh, before this interview, but how did you become friends with her? Uh, well, I, as it turns out, years later, we found out we both went to the same college. We both went to Ithaca, but we didn't know that at the time. And somewhere along the way, we crossed paths, and she and Valerie have become very good friends. And and she is just a she's a pistol. She really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Abby, and you'll meet her in a second. She's a journalist. She's written for the Wall Street Journal and the Times. Great piece in Psychology Today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk with her about a book that she wrote in 2019. It was published and it's called duped and it's 
duped double lives, false identities, and the con man I almost married. Hmm. That's Abby, Abby Allen. That's a pretty scary uh, description of, of, <laughs> of the story, that, which is a fascinating story. And uh, before we do get to her, though, we have to get to some business and have that taken care of. And we'll bring Abby in in just a second. Say hello to our sponsor once again this week, Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Speaking of basketball, I'm going to bet the Knicks may actually win more than 10 games this year. Also, we've got football covered. And uh, being a Jet fan, I'm going to bet the Jets win less than three games this year. Anyway, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, uh, baseball, postseason, still got the World Series to get through. NHL, there's boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Happy Ellen was shocked to learn that her fiancé was leading a secret life. But as she soon discovered, the world was full of people who aren't what they seem. Chris Cimino, is that you? Are you are you what you seem? I hope. I've been told. Uh, on most occasions, I am. <laughs> How about you, Abby? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really five foot eight, but um, <laughs> I just I just look like I'm five foot two. <laughs> so, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Rick. That was pretty Abby, much. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it. what an what an amazing story. I mean, your own personal story, and then leading out to all the research and work and interviews you did for your book, Duped, which has now been out for a couple of years. I just, I mean, I'm blown away. Your story alone was amazing. And uh, it really gives you cause to reflect and ask, you know, who's real, what's real, what's fake, and how do you trust anybody? Well, that's a very good question. I, you know what? I, it's, it's funny. I trust you. I, I've known you a long time now, right? So, right. I, Chris, Chris, you, you, I don't. So, I'm not sure if I trust yeah, you. I don't but, trust Rick, either. <laughs> Rick and Valerie, I've known you a long time, but you know, as Valerie would tell you, it's it took me a long time to really get close to you guys. I mean, I'm very, I have a lot of friends, but I'm very careful and very, I have a really hard time with it. Part of that, I think, is because of what I do. I'm a journalist, so I'm naturally suspicious. But this experience with this guy, which is now, I think it happened. I, I can't do math, so it was two. I met him in two thousand and. The whole thing took out in 2009 and then 2010 is when we got engaged. And then I left him at the end of 2010. I was only with him like a year. But so what is that? 12 years, 11 well, years. Yeah. So it's a, it's a while ago, but I still there's still residue, you know. Sure. Well, let's give a little background. I mean, we're being a little presumptuous that everybody knows your story. Tell us a little bit about what happened to you, you know, in 2009 and 10 and uh, with this gentleman. I won't even call oh, him a gentleman. Can, gentleman is too no, nice. You, with this can, can, I, thing. can I swear? Can I swear? Feel free. <laughs> it's a podcast. Asshole. Right. Asshole. Um, <laughs> with a capital so, A. With a capital right with the capital A. Um, I did an interview. Actually, it took place a little bit earlier than that. I think it was 2008 when I was doing a story and I needed a doctor to quote. 
um, it, the story had to do with detox diets and I was writing it for the New York times and I needed a doctor to quote. And I found this guy and he was highly recommended. He was in private practice in Beverly Hills and he puts on, you know, it worked at one of the universities. And so anyway, I quoted him. We had a nice conversation like I do with people I interview so, so often. And that was the end of it. And the story did not run for about a year because it was, evergreen it didn't need there was no news hook so anyway we waited and i fact checked and he told me he had left private practice and he had now moved to jacksonville florida to join he was a navy doc i said to him how can you be in the navy you're jewish and he said he said <laughs> you know there he said yes there are seven of us i mean it was funny and um he said he was opening up a hospital for kids with cancer in iraq and afghanistan and I said, well, that is a story that I would like you to keep me posted about because I'm interested in that. And I was going to back to school to get another degree um, in uh, this one was in international relations at Johns Hopkins. So I was really interested in it. So I said, keep me posted. So every so often he would email and he would tell me what was going on and just give me these updates about his work, which was fine. And then towards the end of that year, so that would have been 2009, started to get a little more, a little more personal, you know, a little more flirtatious. But he told me he'd been divorced. I was 42 at the time. He was 58. And I thought he was old. Um, and um, I guess he's still old. But anyway, he's hey. older. And <laughs> Easy there. But, no, I know. No, but, but he... Um, uh, but anyway, so so we finally met in person in like February of 2010 and we were off and running and he proposed to me within a couple months, I guess it was six months. And I said, OK, we were living together. I, he was working at the Pentagon for real at this task force, hope for for opening up this hospital and other stability operations in Iraq and I, I was at school at Johns Hopkins and we were living at the Watergate, which cracks me up because that's like yeah, really? ground zero for deception, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, but there were there. So in theory, it was great, but it wasn't. It was awful because he would tell like he told me that he met his ex-wife when he rescued her when she was held hostage in Iran. And I said, well, when? Because the t it didn't add. I was like, I couldn't figure out the timing. It mm. didn't, didn't make sense. You know, and they had young he and she had two two young kids. And he said it was a secret mission. You would never you wouldn't have known about it. You wouldn't have heard about it. And then he he <laughs> would sleep. Yeah. And he would sleep with the television on and and the lights bla uh, blaring and he sat with pillows sitting up and he said it was because he was held. He was tortured and held hostage in China and and they would beat him up in the middle of the night. So he always had to sleep with the lights on and he would scream in the middle of the night as well. I mean, and he did. I heard him. And he said, I said, well, what happened? He said, oh, I was there on a secret mission. You wouldn't have heard about it. So there were all these things that I couldn't verify, you know, because mm -hmm. it's not, he said he worked with the CIA. He was a Navy SEAL. I couldn't call up CIA, you know, human resources and yeah. say, yo, <laughs> this guy worked there. So he, the upshot is, and, and I guess I knew you, Rick, during this time. I think, I mean, I, I, I was, and yeah, I knew you in Ballard, but I was, so I was a little unmoored and he, he proposed to me and I said, yes, but I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to marry him. I couldn't, he would say to me, you know, you ask so many questions, which I do. Um, you don't trust and, and you can't have a relationship without trust. And he would take off 
for like all these secret missions and he wouldn't tell me where he was going. I'll call you when there's a secure line. And I just didn't know which way it was at. Mm. And the upshot that I mean to very, make it very condensed is that I broke up with him over something I could verify um, because I could not verify. Like he told me that he had a, a vault filled with metals for operations that didn't officially exist, you know? And I, I, somebody must, I'm sure they, that exists, but it, I didn't hear about this. I, I grew up in Boston. I live in New York city. It's not, I'm not a military person. I didn't know anything about that world. So I tried to research as much as I could, but in the meantime, we went to dinner with my parents and he, he we had Brussels sprouts. This was in some random restaurant in Washington and he I, raved I about the Brussels sprouts. You know the this book. story? Yeah, yeah, from he, the book. Yeah. He, he he raved about the Brussels sprouts yeah, and they were Brussels sprouts I've ever had. Yep. And we got outside. My parents went away and he said, man, that was like the worst meal ever. And mm. I said, why did you lie? Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, seriously, it's not like my mother cooked them or my father. Right. I mean, it was just like what I said, why do you lie? He said, well, I wanted to make them feel good. I said, they didn't give a shit. You know, like nobody right. cared. <laughs> so and that is when I thought, you know, if he could lie and would lie and did lie about something so, inconse- so inconsequential, <laughs> so inconsequential, then he could lie about anything. And I was out. It was. I mom was. Mom was suspicious, right? Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because because that's what Jewish moms are, and correct. You can speak from the other side of Italian moms, and mom was like, uh, as per the book, you know, wanted you to ask more questions and uncover, you know, put on your reporter hat and basically get to the bottom of what this guy really was. It reminds me of John Levitt's. John Lovitz when he was the pathological liar in on Saturday Night Live all those years ago. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the ticket. Really good. That's Brussels the ticket. That's well, <laughs> well, yeah. No, but Abby, Sorry. you know, in, in all of this and your background, obviously, you know, being being a writer and a reporter for the New York Times and, and freelance and different things over the years, what made you even go as deep as you did in this relationship why did the bells and whistles not become like blaring sirens and right. you would have gotten out a little bit earlier and i say this you know easier said than done retrospectively but no, retrospectively it, for you what what happened what was going on in your head and that's a really good question and all and all things considered i got out within a year i mean that was mm. pretty good yeah, that, and yeah. in fact only and we were actually only living together for like four months because okay. at the Watergate. So I, yeah, but, but it's a valid legitimate question. And I will tell you exactly what it was. A, I couldn't verify these things, right? Most of them. I, for example, my mother said to me, you know, Jewish moms, why would he leave a private practice in Beverly Hills? Who leaves a private <laughs> practice in Beverly Hills, right? Really? Which is a totally good question. I couldn't, he said, he just didn't want to do it. He wanted to do like, you know, God's work in Afghanistan. And I couldn't call, I didn't think, you guys are in long-term relationships. I didn't think I, I, I was not, I didn't think it was a loving way to kick off a relationship by, by calling up his former employer. You know, I didn't think it was good to like be, and I was very suspicious, like I said, and he got really mad at me, but I was trying to, I was trying to figure out, am I this suspicious because I'm just suspicious or is it because something's wrong? Is my gut telling me something for real or am I just, or is it my head just going nuts? And I didn't know the answer to that. And it was as soon as I found out for sure, I got out. So that is mm. to say, you know, I was trying to balance being in a loving relationship with 
you know, trying to not be made an ass out of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, it's, it's, I mean, there are red flags. Yes. But the red flags actually, I mean, they, yes, these crazy things, these stories, you know, telling me that when he really did in fact work at work at the Pentagon, he actually was, did a stint as the medical director at Guantanamo. He told me that one of his patients at Guantanamo, true story. He told me was Osama bin Laden, which was absurd, but (laughs) On the other hand, I don't know, you know, right. <laughs> there are no knowns and unknown unknowns. And I, who knows, maybe, you know, like I said, what do I know? So the, the things I couldn't verify, I, I, I sort of let them go. But the things that I could verify, I, I, I really did. And I was relentless about that. But when you see a red flag, you know, the red flags for me were like, he broke plans all the time and he didn't feel badly about that. And that's the kind of thing that you don't want in a relationship. You want someone who you can rely on. You want someone who's got integrity. So it was, it was the little things that actually were the things that should have given me more pause rather than the weird stuff about saving the world. If that, does that make sense? Oh, sure. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you about the book, which is called Duped, I want to know if that was like a journalistic responsibility that you felt you had to tell this story um, or was this for somebody who's gone through a wicked divorce at times, was it a sense of redemption? Like, I'm going to get this son of a bitch back and, yeah. and spill the guts, uh, spill the beans, rather. And spill the beans in my guts. Um, it's a really good question. And your guts. And my guts. I will tell you. I wanted to, I was looking for another book to write because I had, my first book came out, which was about fat camp, totally different subject. And um, that had (laughs) come out and I was looking for something else to write. So while I was with him, I thought, you know, because it would bother me that there were things he was doing that I was not allowed to know about that I couldn't know about. And I was, I thought maybe that's the book. Maybe the book is about somebody learning to be in a relationship where they cannot know everything and they have to learn to sort of tamper their curiosity. That's what I thought. And what it's like to be with somebody who's got this important job in the military. Okay. So that's what I thought. And then when this happened, I thought, no, now I know what the book is, but I wasn't sure to tell you the truth, if it was going to be about people, the the dupers, because we're all fascinated, right? Everyone was fascinated by, uh, What's yeah. his name? And catch me if you can. Um, oh, you know, um, the, 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 yeah. everyone's fascinated by the dupers. How do they do it? Why did it? All that stuff. But then I thought, no, it's the victims. It's the people on the other end because nobody talks about them. Nobody wants to talk about them. And they don't even want to talk about it because mm-hmm. they feel like idiots. So it was more of a way I was so I, as I'm terminally curious. It's, it's a problem, um, but it's also why I do what I do. So it was a way, yes, to get my story out. It was I, I don't know necessarily. Was it revenge? Eh, probably. But I didn't name the guy. You know, I mean, you could find him, but I didn't name him. I didn't want to hurt his kids. I, I didn't want to hurt his family. Really was more. I was so curious about this. And every time I told someone my story, every single time they all had a similar experience mm. or they or they knew somebody who right, did. Right and now. so I right. right. Everybody. So I thought, man, this is rampant and it's a story and mm. it's a phenomenon. So let's go. So that's that was really the answer. For you, you know, because we've heard the term gaslighting and and that in a certain sense seems to be a little bit different. It it comes part and parcel with what you're talking about in your in your experience. It seems like you were dealing with mainly just lies, or was he also manipulating you when you started to question him to make it look like 
you're crazy ass. Why, why are you asking me these questions? You know, when you start to make somebody think that their curiosity about you, their lies, there's yep. something wrong with you. That's really manipulative beyond just even lying to them. Yeah, he gaslit me. That's exactly he what did. he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something wrong with you. You're, you know, that's so why you're did. single. Okay. You ask too many questions. You're so suspicious. Yeah, uh, you don't trust all of that. I, I, it's funny because I sent my friend's kid a birthday card. I mean, I was going like nuts. And I sent my friend's kid a birthday card and I asked him to mail it. And I kept calling my friend and saying, did, did he get it? Did he get it? Did he get it? And she's like, no, the card never came. And I thought this guy told me like, what? He told me he mailed the letter, you know, like, I don't even know if this guy is telling me the truth about mailing the letter. It turned out I forgot to put a stamp on it, but it was just sort of indicative of like how I was going nuts. I did not know which way was up. I didn't. I, I, I came up with this like genius line about the difference. I missed New York terribly. I was not happy about Washington. And I thought the differences between in Washington, in Washington, no one is who they seem to be. And in New York. No one is who they want to be. And mm. I totally, <laughs> I could totally deal with the latter, right? Because we're all aspiring and we mm-hmm. all have goals and we're all trying to get to the next level. But there was this subterfuge in, in Washington that I felt. And whether mm. it was because it was being with someone who was a pathological liar or just the way that town that's, is, I don't, I don't even know. No, but that's, that's, a, that's a good I perspective. You've done yeah. a lot of interviews you know, promoting the book and, and whatnot, but I want to know, Inside, how does this make you feel to divulge all this? Uh, do you feel shame? Do you feel embarrassment? Do you feel pride? Uh, because you're really a remarkable person to have withstood such deception with such grace and such charm. And I can say that because I've known you for long enough. But yeah, uh, you, you know, as you said on a on a TV. Uh, a TV set where Chris used to be interviewing people and going through this. Uh, what does it, what does it turn up in you? You know, <clears throat> not much anymore. It's a long time ago, but it was a long time ago. And my motto, you know, half jokingly, half not is monetize suffering. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> so we like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I sold the TV rights, the film rights. It became a podcast that's actually out now on Spotify and it's called Imposters, the Commander. And it's season two and you can get it on pod. Yeah. And it's me telling my story, but interviewing people. It's, it's like a dirty John. So mm-hmm. when I tell my story, I, when I hear some stories and I have all these crazy stories in the book and I still hear stories, I, I got it easy. What happened to me was nothing. I mean, really, it was yeah. not bad. Nobody died. Nobody lost money. I right. didn't give him any money. I was actually living in the Watergate. He was paying for it, even though he told me the military was paying. I mean, you know, but so I, I it was it was a mind fuck for sure. And yes, I have residual trust issues. So I, it, it doesn't turn anything up in me anymore. Usually the one thing that happened, it was really interesting, was uh, the last episode of my podcast, I was talking, I was interviewing a therapist talking about this subject and, uh, and she, was, she was talking about seeing things and paying attention, like you said, and, and red, red flags and <clears throat> what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And it, I, I just newly started seeing somebody. It brought up all of a sudden, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I, I, don't, I, I think everything, he told me he was sick and I thought, he's not sick. He's, he's, he's going off doing something else with someone else. Like it was, and I thought, oh my God, that's, that's, that's like PTSD. I mean, I just had yeah. no idea. 
So I didn't talk to him for two weeks. <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> and finally I said, to, you know, finally we had a powwow last night, but it was, uh, it, you know, it was interesting. So it's, it's, it's not shame, but it's still, it's this like, wow, someone is manipulating me and I, 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 I can't deal. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, so, there's fallout obviously from something yeah. like that. Question whether we even really care about this dirt bag, but when it all came, you know, the truth was opened up to a degree yeah. and you said, Hey, I'm yes. out of here. And I know yeah. you're full of everything. Yeah. Uh, was there any remorse on his behalf or did he ask for forgiveness or anything? Or did he just kind of walk away? No, I, because I left, I left mm -hmm. and I was going to stay in the Watergate and finish school. Cause I was still at Johns Hopkins and which not the Baltimore campus. It was in, in Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, fine. I said, we can both stay here. You know, it's not a big deal. I'll stay in the living room. You stay in the bedroom, whatever. He was traveling and he said, no, I'll stay with my brother and, and, and sister-in-law in, in Georgetown. And then one day he came over to the house and he said, I need the apartment. The, the, I got a, the Navy needs the apartment back. So we, I, you have to move. I have to move. That's it. So I, he said, I, I feel bad. I will ship everything back to New York for you. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And mm -hmm. so that was, no, it's not the end. So oh. what happened is that <laughs> one night I drove by the apartment a couple months later and uh, the light was on and I said, Oh, I wonder who's in the apartment now. I guess the Navy got someone new in there. So I emailed him and I said, you know, he said, no, the funny thing happened. I got everything out. <laughs> I moved thing. everything out. Funny thing. I moved everything out. And I've got everything in storage. And then the Navy said, nope, you got to stay. So I had to move everything back in. It was a comedy of errors. Uh, and I said, I said, okay, well, I want to come back because I have some cookbooks that I left there and I would like them, which is actually a lie. I mean, I had the cookbooks, but I don't cook. So, I mean, it was like, <laughs> I just wanted to go snooping. And, and he said, he said, okay. So anyway, I ended up in the apartment and uh, it was exactly as I had left it. I mean, exactly. You everything oh. down to a sliver of soap in the wow. soap dish oh so the book is duped but it could also be called the funny thing happened on the way to the water gate see that is i like that i love that i love that so i said to him you never left and he said yes i did and i just thought this is stupid he's never he's never gonna wow. so no in answer to your question he never apologized because mm -hmm. he i haven't i never talked to him after that well, I've never spoken well, to him. I've shouldn't. never spoken to him about the book. I've never spoken to him about the, po the podcast. My, I had a cover story in Psychology Today, which is what formed the basis right. of the book. Never, I've never heard from him. I finally heard from his brother, his sister-in-law, recently. I didn't write back, but I heard from really? her 11 years later. Yep, she said we read the book and we loved it, and we're so proud of you. I mean, and it was it was actually oh I think she was, I it was bizarre. I think she wanted help writing help with her kid, and I was just like, go away. But it was um, but never heard from him. I never heard from him, but I heard from the woman he was engaged to when he was engaged to me, and oh. I was oh in touch God. with his ex-wife, and I was in touch with his ex-ex-wife, who I never knew about. So, oh know. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I got to tell you, it makes our lives seem ultimately boring. Easier. Pretty mundane. Yeah. Boring. boring. I know, really. People are boring. Yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> but, but Abby, I want to go I'll change, change subjects a bit and go back to the first book, which, you know, mm. when, I, when I when I heard the title, I'm like, hey, she's a Who fan, you know, Teenage Wasteland, Bob O'Reilly, the line from that song. <laughs> and then I realized you spelled Waste, W-A-I-S-T, Wasteland. Uh, 
so tell us that's an interesting it's an interesting story i heard a little bit of of it on another podcast you were a guest on uh, tell yeah. us about tell us about teenage wasteland okay and and yeah you know and you pointed out something it's really a funny clever title if you can spell and if you can't spell it doesn't work <laughs> so i think i think i blew it with that one but it was about fat camp um when i was a kid i laugh whatever I, when i was 16 i i was maybe 10 pounds overweight. When I was 13, my grandmother said, you cannot come visit me in Florida unless you lose 10 pounds. And so I said, okay. And I didn't lose 10 pounds, blah, blah, blah. So and when I was 16, my grandfather died. I sent myself to fat camp. And like I said, I had to lose maybe 10 pounds. I was the thinnest kid there. And I actually, it's something I highly recommend. Like if you want to feel good about yourself, do that. But then I started working at these camps for six years um, with kids who and people who, you know, with weight issues. Um, and and that's I was I was interested in in that. And I was interested in childhood obesity and I was interested. I am interested in eating disorders. And, and so that was what that first book was about. And it was so it was sort of again, you know, neither book is a full on memoir because they're really investigation. They're hybrid. They're investigations with also my, my own story. So that was what, what the first book was about. Now, do you like writing mainly about, you know, personal and people type issues? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, again, all as you pointed out before, as soon as you told your story to somebody, they had a story or knew somebody right. who had a story. So it's not just about you. You're writing, yes, initially from that perspective, but I think you're helping a lot of people in a much larger circle than perhaps you even thought when you first started out. Is, is that fairly accurate? It is. I, I get emails every day. From people, wow. not not now about the fat book so much, although I used to. But although that that came, I think it would be interesting what happened if that book came out now because of social mm -hmm. media. There was no social media in two thousand, like what was it, two thousand and five. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I get emails every day, and and um, and that makes me glad. I'm happy about that. A lot of people said they wanted the whole book to be my story, and that was a lot of what. And that's the podcast is really my story. I didn't want it to be just my story. First of all, I didn't think it could fill all the pages of a book. It's not. I mean, it was interesting. There were interesting things about it, but it wasn't like a like a Dirty John. You know, it wasn't like this crazy saga. So I was, and I wanted to know about the phenomenon and what happened to other people. Um, I would, you know, I wish I could write fiction. I would, I'm trying to, I'm writing mm. scripts now, like, like, you know, narrative and, and pilots mm. and features. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to write about myself so much anymore. But, you know, on the other hand, I just wrote a story for the New York Times about how I quit Diet Coke after 40 years. So what the <laughs> hell? It pays the bills, you see. Chris, yeah. you should really jump in and tell Abby about the project that you're working on. Tell me. On side, because I think it's something you'll find incredibly interesting. Well, I mean, it's uh, the the project is called "I Meant to Tell You," and it, it's basically about things that were left unsaid. And we're creating sort of a little series where people have their moments to finally say the words they wanted to, or should have, or needed to say to somebody. Now, that person may be gone from here, may have passed on, but they may be completely out of their lives. They can't connect with them. They don't know where they are. And most of it, you know, we're trying to keep it as a positive force as opposed to somebody going on there bitching and complaining about somebody. I should have told you this. I meant to tell you, you know, like the guy who cut you off the other day. But it's more about, I mean, it could easily be, a, you know, somebody like a teacher that crossed paths with you. And who knows, high school, fifth grade. And they said something that just left this impression on you. And you change it changed your life. And you never really got the chance to go back and, and thank them for that. 
And so this is sort of an opportunity for people to, to speak their heart and maybe bring some closure or just heal their soul uh, and just start, just start to also inspire other people while they're alive to say the things we should say while they're still here. Because that's often, beautiful. You know, you hear these stories. Yeah, and that nice? are, is yeah. this a um, podcast or TV show? It's a sort of a mini series. We're trying to put it out on a YouTube channel. Uh, we've created a website. Not exactly sure where it's going to go. It could turn into a podcast to some degree as well. But it's interesting because we've gotten young people from actually across the pond, a couple of people from London. Uh, we had some people from the West Coast. So it's uh, it really could pertain to anyone of any age from anywhere in the world. And I think so many of us have, if you really sat down and you said, Hmm, yeah, there is, there's a person or two or three or four of things you meant to tell them and you realize time got away. Oh, yeah. You know? so it's, oh, uh, I think that's genius. I love no, that. I, I, might, I might steal it. Steal it. There you it's, go. <laughs> you know what? I want to get back to, uh, to Abby for a second. Oh, okay. Sure, please. I, <laughs> Since she's our special guest, Abby Allen okay. on okay. Middle Age Warriors. How's Middle Age treating you? Yeah. Middle aged. I'm 53. Am I middle aged? Yeah, you are. Oh, it is. 106 is going to look great. Don't worry about it. I'm so immature. You know, I was dating, I take great pride in this. I was dating a Brazilian who was 37. And I was, yeah, I was like, he, well, he still is 37. So um, a couple years ago. So I was like, I rock, man. Um, Middle age is treating, you know what? We are so lucky. We're so yeah. lucky. I had all of these people die. You know, it was one at relentless, one after another, yeah. after another. And I think I lost like eight or nine people last year or within the last year and a half, including my sister. And right. not not yeah. all from COVID. You know, I mean at all. Right. And so I'll be 54 in December. And I'm just like, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. And you know, yeah, my toe hurts and yeah, my eyes are bad. And you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> I feel right. I feel. I, 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 and I don't mean this like in this Pollyanna-ish way, but I feel better creatively. I feel, I feel more grounded. I feel way like I was not tolerant for a lot of stuff anyway, but now I'm like totally intolerant for bullshit and it's great. So I'm really like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. What I'm not looking forward to is, and this is something that you and, you know, you and Valerie, right. When you had your big uh, non-wedding in, Tucson, and you were like, we don't want to have to see each other at funerals because that's why people mm-hmm. in later life get together, right? At funerals, mm-hmm. and it's it's true. It's 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 we got to make other time for the. We're here for like a blip. We're here for an hour, and, yeah, it and really so is. it's you know. So, As yeah. we used to say, we are pimples on the ass of life. <laughs> that's oh, that's there's beautiful. a sorry that's about beautiful. that. There's some fun. Yeah, I really apologize. Yeah, that's <laughs> I really that's, apologize. That's, hey, yeah. Abby, you know what you do have to tell is your great Ben and Jerry story. Oh, you're so funny. So, my what will be on my gravestone when when my pimples pop? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> sorry. Um, what? <laughs> That was for you, Rick. Um, what will be in my gravestone is that I, I named an ice cream for Ben and Jerry's, and the ice cream is Carmel Sutra. Mm, nice. <laughs> yes. That's more than just ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I get is free ice cream. Like I get free coupons every year. It's been so I think now it's been on the shelf for almost twenty years, and um, wow. I I yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's you. So, that was your naming. Wow, that, that was my yeah. naming. Now, that now I'm really impressed. Some... I wasn't yeah, I know. Here, but now yeah. I'm really impressed. 
Okay, now we're off some. to middle age wasteland. That, that's, uh, that's that's very funny. I like that, Rick. That. Yeah, I'll give you some coupons. Haven't I given you some in the past, Rick? I feel like I have, Probably, but I'll get you some, but, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. I have to step anyway. in with a two minute. We have the two minute warning. Yeah. So I want folks to know where they could hear uh, your podcast. The podcast in the book. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. They can hear Imposters the Commander on Spotify. It is a Spotify original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, no one over 40 seems to be able to figure out how to download Spotify, which is hilarious. But you just <laughs> you go to Spotify and you type it in and and there it is. And it's, there are two seasons. There's season one and there's season two and season one is a different story and it's called the spy and it's great, but mine is season two, which is the commander. So it's, it's this franchise that they have about imposters. So that's where you can hear it. So imposters, the commander. Yes. And the book. Yeah. The book is the book. Anywhere you get your books, and it's called Duped, Double Lives, False Identities, and the Con Man I Almost Married. Keyword, almost. You can make this into a movie, too, right? I'm hoping to. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, part of the, like, a, part of the monetized suffering campaign. Yeah, I'm hoping it becomes, <laughs> it becomes a movie. I'm hoping. You are such a joy to talk to. Uh, Abby, thanks, thanks so much. Thank uh, you yeah. so much. Thank you a both. And, a pleasure. And congratulations and- on what you're doing. Thank you. Thank and good luck with everything. Thank you. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That would be yeah. Good. Okay. Stay well, Bye. stay safe. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye, Ab. Bye, Rick. Mwah. Well, there were a lot of interesting stories to say the least. <laughs> obvious one, but uh, yeah. I'll tell you, Abby's, Abby's lived one hell of a life already. And uh, yeah. feeling there's, there's much more to come yet, but She's she's really a pistol. She's, I have to tell you, you just have to wind her up and let her go. But I'm glad we had the time to uh, yeah. sit her down for at least a, a few minutes and uh, tell her tale. And it's it's interesting that now she's taking it to the you know the podcast level and hopefully uh, you know to to a movie at some point in time or yeah, some, I, maybe a Netflix thing or something. Who knows? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I think that the story of the commander is so fascinating. I mean, then all these other, you know, uh, stones that she's overturned and the things that come crawling out from underneath those stones from all these other people who have been deceived in life one way or the other. And this is like a Dateline NBC Mm. or, uh, you know, how many times have you watched any of those shows? Because they're fascinating. Oh, I, you know, it's funny because sometimes I'm up early. uh, I mean, early, like 3 a.m. early, 4 a.m. early, and I'll throw the TV on and I'll see like old Datelines which I had never seen when they were originally aired. And lo and behold, I, you know, I'm just turning the TV on thinking, eh, 15 minutes, I'll fall back to sleep. And then I get hooked. <laughs> now yeah. I have to see how this turns out. And I'm sitting there for an hour watching uh, until I get to the end of the show. But I love the ones with Keith Morrison. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> Keith, has that, Keith has that amazing voice and, and character. Great delivery. Awesome. Great delivery. You know, truly, it, it was. it's really a sad story, uh, you know, in, in terms of what, what Abby was telling us, that there are people out there amongst us or amidst us with the ability to just lie chronically and, and continue to believe it as if it's their truth, even though there's no truth attached to it whatsoever. It's crazy. Right. I mean, the psychosis attached to it, therapists would have a field day. And it's, it's really amazing uh, for the duped and the dupers because mm. uh, there's a lot of dupers out there. You just don't want to be a dupee. 
No, I like that, a dupe. I think, you know, we've all been duped probably not certainly to that extent uh, yeah. on a small scale with different things sometimes. But uh, it's it's really frightening to think that, and especially for, for a woman who's who's just trying to find a, you know, a good man, a good partner uh, and or a husband down the road. And you don't, you, you know, basically you're looking at something that doesn't really exist in reality, but yet they're selling it that way. So that's, that's kind of a scary notion, uh, like I said, to know that they're out there. But, you know, hopefully by her spreading the word, people will be a little more, you know, in tune. You don't want to... Yeah, be- I hate to use the word suspicious. Yes, right. Because to me, that's such a negative word. But I guess, you know, just not as open to what you see is what you get. You know, and that's one of the things I will tell you this, Chris, that my social work education taught me. What you see is not necessarily the reality and you need to step back as a therapist when a client comes into your office to divulge and you think you have it all figured out Mm -hmm. and the truth is you don't know squat until you hear it out yeah and and often it's the perspective of one person about a situation which may have about four other different perspectives so you think you've got four different stories even though it's coming out of the same place of truth you know, the, the way people interpret things and or then obviously start lying, fabricating. That, that's a whole other ballgame to get into that. But, you know, I know if you really think about it, when you were younger, uh, in particular, maybe when you, a little white lie, I, white was having, I had terrible guilt about that if I ever did that. I mean, it could be the simplest little thing, but after I did it, I felt dirty. It was just kind of, you know, so these people to have such elaborate schemes and lies, is just incredible. You know what? I will tell you this. The first two words, this was from my mother's mouth that I learned as a baby were it broke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You remember that story? Yes. It's like, I may have thrown a baseball in the living room and it crashed into a pitcher or something. And mom would come in and say, what happened? And I would just say, it broke. Yeah, spontaneously. (laughs) Spontaneous combustion of a lamp or a bomb. Yeah, how about that? (laughs) It's been known to happen. (laughs) Anyway, uh, listen, have yourself a wonderful weekend. It's uh, Halloween weekend that's coming up. Um, I'm not wearing any kind of costume. How about you? Other than the the mug that I carry every day. Yeah, I'm wearing it right now. This is it. (laughs) A little scary for both of us. I know. (laughs) We're going to scare our women this weekend. That's what we're going to do for excitement. There you go. In any event, uh, sunshine always, no matter what the weather is. It gets a little chillier. Rick? Be good, feel good. Thanks for joining us on the Middle Age Warriors Believe Podcast Network broadcast. We love having you and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Chris? Trick or treat. Later. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.